Hello, welcome to Pablo's channel. Today, <coughs> I've still got the uh, tickly cough. <coughs> Seems to spark it up when I start talking. Oh well, that doesn't stop me from wanting to read the open persuader. It just so happens at this point in time when I'm deciding to want to read it, I've got a tickly throat. Um, okay, so I'm playing an old Tangerine Dream in the background. Um, it's called Alpha Centauri. So, uh, yeah, it's one of, the, one of their first ones, I think. But yeah, very nice sound. So, we're going to have this for chapter two. Um, <coughs> Sorry about the cost, but yeah. I'm gonna put the volume down a bit. Right, so, and the time's late. It's the uh, it's 11am, and uh, and it's the 30th of March. So, here we go. Got some lovely sketches in here, interesting sketches that I'm going to be using for each chapter. I think each chapter has a sketch in it so that's perfect for the podcast for the you know the episodes isn't it um okay so i'm gonna put the volume down i feel like i am going a bit loud they're still talking about the chris rock and uh, will smith situation uh, the power of media but uh, so what okay so what? Hollywood, Oscars, stars, attention. Yeah. You choose what you want to put your attention to at the end of the day. You can choose to look, watch at the rich and powerful and be in awe of their success. Or <coughs> enjoy a sunset and uh, be, say and have justification of saying this is the real joy but currently we're going to go into the open persuader AE here we go I've got an interesting sketch right at the beginning here of a lady serving uh, a man just getting out of bed for some breakfast maybe I mean what more would you want just waking up in the morning to a beautiful shaped lady uh, serving you food. I mean, is that what the main purpose of life is? <coughs> to be in that situation? Mm, okay. Anyway, you will see it in the uh, on the episode picture. Okay, part two. Here we go. The waking up, it's called. We're still in... Sorry, this is chapter two. The part is... Um, the approach shot, it's called. L was woken by seeing standing beside his bed a valet de chambure. This was the first of the staff L had set eyes on and found it hard even to look at the attractive fragment tray humbly offered for his inspection. So arousing was the arouser. The figure stood with the bow of perfectly civilised subservience. <coughs> L was glad for time to inventory uh, its features, especially as it showed charming discretion by its inclined head, masking its eyes by lashes so outside they rested on its high cheekbones. The bent head presented a, for L, unprecedented hairdo, ingeniously built up, and a varnished gleaming emerald. Though so close presented, it had to be seen, yes, gazed on, to be believed. <coughs> but, back it, another cliche was inevitable, quick back it. There was more back of it 
for after the bow, uh, with eyelashes still cheek lowered, the valet de chambre turned, deftly holding L's tray on the splayed fingers of his anything but gauche, G-A-U-C-H-E, left hand, and bent while with his right he picked and whisked a miniature table to L's bedside. But as he so bowed, with gracefully inevitability, with graceful inevitability, the valet exposed with unavoidable amb- amb- ambiguousness, ab- ambiguously, with <coughs> unavoidably ambiguously seeming intentionality, a cull so complete, it quite exceeded the hemispherical, fully tending toward the globular, and the cantilever thrust was rendered more emphatic, more horizontal, more on the level with L's supine line of sight by what had, as long as his valet had stood facing the bedside, been invisible. The luscious lackey, in brackets, the phrase rose straight out of L's lips as, like the grave clothed supine Osiris, shown with his rectangular rod standing up to seed Isis, his sister, in the sky. L has manually to suppress his involuntary tribute to his valet. The luscious lackey's livery was finished off pied a tear, that's T-E-E-T-E-R-R-E, by a pair of gloss black boots, which you'll see in the picture, whose <coughs> upper rose three inches above the ankles, while the heels rose five inches above the floor. Of course, there flashed in comparing memory the Paris page boy, Hall, who had tried so to provoke Elle's assault. Yet, though memory oft exaggerates the past events, L had to own objective present evidence. Showed sin de butignon, de butignon, that's D-U-B-I-T-A-T-I-O-N-E. This was le prix de hypercalipiki, hypercalipiki, that's hyper, and then C-A-L-L-I-P-Y-G-H. The lackey's move was unlingering, swift. On L's part, in both senses of the word, his reactive salute was fortunately bed-cover shrouded. And so the struggle between the consciously controlling hand and the unconsciously restive (coughs) member showed no surface evidence. And mercifully, the front-viewed valet, as he was now presented, being equally attractive, was adequately distractive. The arbiter's elegance certainly took satoric care of every detail. So, (coughs) (coughs) sorry, I can't help it. Every time I talk, it, as a cough comes in, it chokes me and I have to get it out. I'm sorry. Why is this happening at the time when I'm trying to read a deep book? Hmm? Ah, okay. The Arbiter's elegance certainly took satiric, satiric care of every detail. So this first example of the palace domestic's livery on either side and aspect was equally seductive, indeed bewilderingly. Letting his racial thrust have its head and throwing caution to the winds where <coughs> L wondered should he start in and which of his members mouth injector or inviter should he offer his first compromise between attraction and action was to keep his eyes at floor level watching these centaur shaped hooves as they trod towards the bedside with the fastidiously strong position of a stag. 
carrying in either finger splayed hand raised like antlers in one the neat breakfast tray in the other an almost equi size mini table Elle's eyes had inevitably risen from the fejeweled feet that's uh, F-E-R-J-U-L-E-D to the top of the ungulated uppers uppers dense up it was an unchecked sweep of the perfect or pre-perfect cantilevage of back bulged calves dimpled knees for busted thighs and counterfoot capitals of these swelling shafts these tensile tensile strong pillars the two biceps of the leg those globulated uh, giant clenches of which an engineering requirement if such rectitude was to be achieved brought off carried triumphantly out showed the racial rightness its rectitude by its instant fascination its irresistible demonstrated appeal which roused, roused the race life in the loins to rise stand rigidly alert and ready this tenon t-e-n-o-n to mortis itself is dowled that's d-o-w-e-l-l-e-d that dowled unification of co-rapture with its receptor close clasping in mutual co-welcome <coughs> where these two pillars met each of which was more than skin-tight clad in maroon hyper-satin gleaming fleshings and wedged out from the pubic keystone the customarily self-collected pendant had, given co- had been given constant alertitude Fidence rose and stood a nine-inch prow or hoisted ram this modest the text keel had, as architects say, been made into a completed, disengaged pillar because its supporting wall had been withdrawn. For the abdomen was minonally, as in Minoan, minoanly, as in Minoan, yeah, minoanly hourglassed. The hourglass of fashion and the mould of form. El couldn't avoid the Hamilton veil of literature to cover his comment with archaic culture, which now was still in the last savage wilds of um, persecutory puritanism. <coughs> the one sure defence and wedge of liter- literary license. Because of this recess, this alluring concavity. The pillarette of life was tip-hooked up to where the wasp waste, wasted, waste, where wasp wasted, cinch, C-I-N-C-H, swept out in a final overhang. This super cinch was worn under the maroon tights, which, with their wide seam of royal purple, swept up to the ribs. It was obvious how telling this insective figure was as having given additional emphasis to the gluteal hypermaxic behinds. Below, the severely spliced stem, like a mast, gave equally intense contrast to the thorax. <coughs> there, the Arbiter Elegantum livery took a clue from the Roman breastplate, breastplate of Kier Willi. C-U-I-R-B-O-U-I-L-L-I The boiled leather which, before it was finished, while still plastic, was moulded to show giant pectorals. Delivery at... Delivery... The the delivery... Not delivery... D-livery at this level had a vestigial vest, i.e. one whose hem was as rib high as its breast opening was low and wide. Now, like all fastidious, it had curled back its lapels till they were as everted as the overblown ring of a rose's petals, a moment before they are shed. What had so unpeeled 
the heist. Uh, that's D E H I S C E D. The heist itself was a rigid white shirt front, which was well on the way to Palter Pigeon veracity. Maintaining that behind these marble domes, these super bars must ride breasts of at least boys' bump proportions. From this platform rose a neck so tautly, corsetly collared, the chin was forced to complete erectitude. L, let not his eyes examine the face, for how could a lad so clad avoid one of the, of the only two possible alternatives neither to be forced on him? Bashfulness before an up-to-the-sheet hem cool inspection, or compromise connivance with the guest's sub-sheet involuntary invitation. Anyhow, the service voluntarius for one thing, no doubt one could not question the creature was as self-pleased with its order display as a peacock in full tail spread. Must be sufficiently narcine. Auto-narco-sized. Let the eye today relish and leave till tomorrow for touch to be welcomed or warned off. Or happier thought, taught. Lick found involuntarily he was licking his lips the you stiffened shock of his awakenment arousement having psychophysically sunken down his nostrils shot a surge an ejection from Ut's glands slivering salivarins steam rose from the uncovered dishes a bowl of Tres Visid Cream exhaled a spice-rich bouquet. A plate carried three skinless sausages whose fragrance was as though his nostrils tried diagnosis. A brilliant blend of the turpentine of the sodden ripe mango. The half-fermented durian, D-U-R-I-A-N, and that of the well-hung grouse. The taste, as so seldom before, was even better than the odour. Porridge, said the Celtic conditioning in him, before the mid-breakfast course, to go with the sausages. The cream porridge was in actual texture, like the demi-phlegmatus, that's it, P-H-L, yeah, P-H-L-E-G-M-I-T-O-U-S. Demi-phlegmatous elongate elasticity of it, raw eggs still by boiling to become the white. As bland as softly tough, this gracious gruel literally slipped down his throat and sponged his palate for the second course. The sausages were... The richest flavour combined with firm, compacted texture. Far beyond the blended 20-year-old egg stiffened with the entire bird's nest. La piece divisions, resistions of the choicest restaurants in Taiwan. <coughs> L poured himself a cup from the coffee pot, apprehending that breakfast drink must come down to earth with the country's standard feeble soft drink, the bitter, minimal lift-giving mate. Nonsense, in brackets, as he warily sipped, it was more than the black, blackest coffee, nor had it strong coffee's aroma. But it had a tang as warmly keen as ginger, ginger and the sharp taste of that by far most Alcoholic of all the beers, audit ale. And how, in a perfect chord, combined the porridge and its complement, the meat dish. And the coffee, he now felt, had instead of caffeine's kick, but it's still less alcohol's be slackening, already a sense of firm and steady lift. He lay a moment, not scanning through the surely memory stamped last week, 
No, his mind was fascinatingly experiencing the interior feel of the body's now quiet, self-assured companionship. Involvement with, embracing of, yes, pro-tem absorption by his entire corpus. Through his mind flicked an old anxiety uh, curse of brutal infant, emphatic, emphatic, yeah, infantic, as in infant, infantic house training. Today was bound to be excitingly, costatively tonic, maybe risky enough that he'd have to be ultra wary. Power corrupts, he quoted, adding the inevitable corollary. The overpowered constipate. He must get a BM. Of course, here was the same fatal mistake, or rather, the morbid route from which the two grips and gripes, in brackets, constipation and chastity, reach up and crush the human heart. So making dictators ruthless because no longer able to move inwardly as they can wield their outer members freely. The soul of Tarsus, in brackets, of all self-victims, exclamation mark, and then quote brackets, falls unintentionally, unperceivably, into counselling the folk wisdom of the still uncostive pagan society. To have the free movement of the intestines. In vain, he urged his mistaught converts to put on the barrels of compassion. As these rightly rational conclusions rose through L's conscious mind, they could so do because they rose involuntarily from L's fundamental nature. So this racial psychosome motor centre had already gently peristitically, peristaltically, that's like peristal, P-E-R-I-S-T-A-L, then T-I-C-A-L-L-Y, peristaltically fed down into L's fundament, the well-shaped and suavely motivated tubularized contents. And with perfect coordination, L found himself on his feet. <coughs> he was up before he could remember he hadn't been shown his latrine. Last night, owing, he assumed to the excitement when the Arbiter and Galaterin had taken him to wash hands and piss, his bowels had moved copiously and he had noticed the chasse per se, C-H-A-I-S-E and then P-E-R-C-E with accent E, chasse per se was airline toiletry. No flush was needed, no odour arose. And now, with his sphincters already, like a healthy day's ender yawner, widening their lips, at that instant the bedside easy chair in salutive welcome and invitation raised its cover seat, showed its purpose, and as his basic cheeks sat he uttered, or was uttered through him, the kindly and copious <coughs> release. Marit, a warm, odorous, super bidget sprayed, deliciously washed the traces of the happy passing. And final happy touch, conclusive right to rise. Elf felt a puff of cotton wool with efficient tact wipe his nether lips. He could just hear in synchronicity with its softly firm further cleansing. The gentle clicking or clucking as of a hen delighted by perfect laying of its egg. As the pseudo manus went about its priest-like task of pure ablution round his body's estuary. Accordingly rising, the chair in collusion lowered its seat. Still subject to that double duberty, that's D-U-B-E-I-T-Y, A, that he hadn't seen or by paper touch been presented with proof he was now fully white. B, this was his first time experience of having to trust the aim and the cleanse of a machine in such an in-time area. L couldn't help digital test. The returning finger palp registered to the eye, all clear. 
At the same time, Nose noticed, instead of nothing to report, a spice odour as of a fragrant cheese. <coughs> while amused, uh, while, sorry, while amusedly puzzled by his olfactory informer's enigmatic message, L's eye at large suddenly focused down on the bed, the salver on it, and on the salver an envelope. Picking it up, it yielded as contents a half sheet of embossed note paper. The embossment was the purple monogram, A.E., raised on and, the cont- and contained by a gold cartouche. Underneath, in gilt lombardic type. Amigo, rest need not be questioned. Hosts Hosts of today's dawn, of necessity, as they provide beds, furnished to sleep to go with the couch both in quality and span. Hence now the programme for the entertainment fit for the day. The writer will be engaged till 1pm. Your masseur will wait on you at 11. At noon, your grand dejeuner will be served in chambre. At 1.30, your valet de corpse will call on you and deliver you that I may have the happy obligation of introducing you to our polite urbanities. Yours in our organic fidelity, A.E. <coughs> the missive had surely more than a soup con. That's soup and then C with an accent. C-O-N. Well, something squiggled under C. Supcon. The missive had, sh- had surely more than a supcon of the A.E. Mysterious. Maybe his nostrils helped his duberty. He raised the note to his nose, and sure enough, while his skin registered the horripulation of a half-frizzen, reversely, no, conversely, asserted advance was the order of the line of front, and with Elationic, elationic conviction stood pointing ahead. <coughs> he had slept without a robe, but laid on a chair was dildo and belt, and slung from it a vertical harness. Drawing up the girth with the sling between his legs, till the sling, like a catapult with its stone, contained and enclosed his cluster. He pulled the cinch waist high when his bunch was automatically elevated into three parts. Each testicle was hoisted in its pouch while not unwillingly but cooperatively. His phallus climbed its way up its allotted dot. D-U-C-T. A full-length mirror invited inspection, and while the lookover created more to be seen, touch reconfirmed sight. Surely the tonic grasp was itself intensified, for as his fal, P-H-A-L, rising in its tube, found its head pringled as it, as it touched the top of its tube and felt it lined with stiffest piled velvet, the vertic transperineum bind registered surely it must have on its underside, in brackets, exactly in latitude opposite the mouth of the estuary, brackets, a stub tenon to match and a complement the submortis. L stood engrossed as before his eyes his waist bind shrank and his receptor and extender pressures mounted. He just realised that this wasn't mounting termins, T-U-M-E-S-C-E-N-C-E. The swelling was a symptom provoked by the constrictioning, constrictioning of the harness. It must be made of that odd nylon. At the moment, the door panel subpurred. L turned and looked. It was already 11. Feeling the nerve of roused shamelessness, 
El Cordova, shoulder. Come in, favour the entrar. The panel, in fact, it's like an eyelid dilated of those rare insects that part, then rise, in fact, slid apart and then entered his masseur. With charming tact, he was precisely sensibly geared, as was L, with the synths from which was slung strung the vertical crotch clutch. The cluster and rod were certes, C-E-R-T-E-S, larger than L's, but was but so was the whole physique, while the waist was an inverse ratio to the thorax. The buttocks were those of the breakfast bearer. The pectorals were so other-sized that each teat was enclosed in an acorn-shaped gold thimble. The face wore an ingenious gold mask, for though no more than a Y-shaped trefold, the slanted eye holes and the Y upright were quite enough to take all character out of the face. Any personal identity. It was not only no particular person, it was so touched up that its humanness was neatly touched out as much as though it were more than another species, as though this were the muzzle, the expressionless stout of, the, of a dolphin, of a shark. The figure put a gold-gloved hand on the left of its mega-manic pair, bowing till the brace of these hyper-vessels pointed their capped spouts to the floor, and L's eyes followed the sweep of this athletic obeisance, O-B-E-I-S-A-N-C-E, in their line of sight saw the feet and lower legs. <coughs> they were clad in the classic Greek stage buskins of the drama hero. So fascinated had L been with the face's depersonalization and the torso's hyperfeaturing that only now that he was at least part upright did he realise this graceful giantry. An instant after, the tantalising Titan had plucked a panel on the wall conjure like whisked it into a lean massage table. With his left arm as easily plucked L from his seat and spread him as though dough from the rolling pin and so started at once to make L as plastic. The gloves were still in place and to their touch L's skin responded with an instant goose fleshing. Indeed, the skin was with every pore erect making every hair bristle. That achieved the masseur from a small flat flask somewhere in the latitude of the pants hip pocket sprayed a lotion not on L's skin but on the palms and fingers of his gloved paws. Next palmed and fingered L's face, jaw, lips and throat, repocketed the flask and replaced his splayed paws as before. It was indeed a titan's caress, an almost adhesive, assaultive petting. El felt his skin stuck to, cleaving to the gloves. For maybe a minute, this intimate monster stuck fast to him in literally sensory tension and the pressure when it reached the agon suffocate, that's A-G-O-N and then suffocate point, like a suckling, too passionately thrust. To a mo- by a mother obsessed to evacuate her milk-fevered, distended milk globes. The pain was put into full reverse. The pores not only drew dragged, hyper-vacuumed the area to which they had limpeted themselves, the agon did not become shrinking, whimpering paphia, P-A-T-H-E-I-A, it simply switched up to another zag of what before had been the preliminary zig. <coughs> Finally, with a pang, the sensory equivalent of the auditory piercing note as an overstrung harp string breaks, as the hands were raised free, the suction caps lifted and the undersurface of the paws was shown L. Implanted 
in their varnished palms and inner side fingers were innumerable spots which L took for acne. <coughs> A second glance and he was right. Yes, there were the sebaceous, S-E-B-A-C-E-O-U-S, sebaceous contents of every pore, that's P-O-R-E, and also the coarse epidermis, but more obvious were the more firmly formed mini swellings. These were the globular roots of every hair. A stinging lotion was next sprayed on the root plucked face and L was let touch a literally new skin, soft, flexible as an infant's. Straight away, his arms were raised and as Agon exquisitely, all his armpit hairs came plucked clean up by the roots. They are a Berlin group. L was always secretly glad he was advanced enough to have no chest hair. But though still he stayed half nervous as his genital anal harness was stripped, reassurance tied it back as he had unmistakable evidence that his body skin looked forward to its next clearance. For his foul PHAL signalled, beckoned to the operator to complete the radical cleanup. <coughs> and sure enough, every hair from groin, from scrotum, from perineum and round the anus came clear away. Each time, and as the epidermic lift finished off the ultra barber and shaver job, the pang was sharper and literally more ravishing, the erection more triumphantly rigid. Only then did the masseur begin his actual finger work. With the left index, he would press some zone nerve plexus, while with the four right digits, he pressed on every spot that could itch or congestion. Now it was the turn for the eyebrows to be uprooted and the inner nose hairs to be extirpated and next the middle ears. As El knew, and therefore till then had clipped the rhino crime bristles and not plucked them, there was danger of infection in the small cavity left when the root was extirpated. So he took for granted that was the reason that both the nostrils, the mid-ears and the anus were disinfectantly plugged. These precautions over, the legs were as quickly declined. The masseur either worked with a reflectively swift speed of the hypertrained, or L himself, living in each momentary thrill, lost sense of time. The foot manipulation was a new erotic anguish that just surfaced to conscious reflecting as it was crowned by the spur given as, with half-bent head, he watched the toenails, the brackets, from the smallest to the big pollocks, half-talon. Each one plucked out by its root, no blood popping up to ask who took the lid off, and the extreme nerve stimulus, so affected by the hypnotic, ultra-erotic massage, refused to surface in in his awareness as any hint of debilitating pain. (coughs) Obviously, the end must be approaching he guessed when the anal plug was whipped out. He'd missed a step though, for the evacuated exit now admitted a most intelligent substitute for the inner dilator. L, though naturally he had often exchanged rightly rectal courtesies and co-clasps of friendship, in empathy had never been contacted by a master manipulator. A tide of release swept up. Even the too impatient concern of the untaught phallus that that it be let complete its act of largesse was now reassured enough to loll L O L at full length, producing more as constant drew than an upsetting flash flood, its prostatic syrup to scent the air. 
The master manipulist deftly squeezed the testes when the scrotum joyfully tautened. Next, deeply pinched the nipples. Then, reinserting its cone to match in brackets the other side, the replaced dilator, the digits in brackets tactful as a hand spinner of muslin thread, tentacly lift as the strangler's grip of a decapod's snake's limb in brackets, worked neck and thyroid to the edge of swooning extension, and after pouncing on the nipples, in brackets now miniature dildos in their tumescence, finally whisking with the Dexter L back on his bed, simultaneously with the U sinister, EU sinister, clapping the retracted masseur table back on the wall, was gone through the elevated door which opened its transverse lids or lips to a swallow him. To swallow him. <coughs> lay, L lay in such suffused aesthetic instantaneity that though too released to start, he chuckled as another voice gently questioned. Would Senior wish to be suited? Of course, El would. It was bound to be put. The dressing to be fitted for some further frolic. Come along, though of course vernacular English produced an instant reply as if a Castilian had learned Oxford, Oxford deaths as Oxford and an ESE. The lift panel lifted its latitude lips or lids and into the room stepped another yet unenumerated cast or were it casts. The figure, he guessed, and this time with fair aptitude, was in the palace livery. The maroon with blue-purple facings. But the jacket had a pair of curvetting mini-tails that curvaceously swept above the bunts, and the coat's breasts, though cut back, had on each chest three buttons carrying the cartouched AE insignia. The sleeves came down to the wrists and were on the forearm. Similarly, coin-sized button emblazoned. There was a flavour of maybe a vestige of vestige of that extinct species, the British butler, port, still somehow without a trace, a faintest entasis of portliness. Indeed marked by the converse, the concavity of consummate corsetry, corsetry, and corset, corsetry, sorry, corsetry. Present, possible because of front, the pounter pigeon breastwork. Certainly, suavity, though it did nothing so assertive as to radiate, nothing so lower class as to exude, yet undeniably was assumed. <coughs> Got to a new tune, The Tangerine Dream, and this one's called Valley of the Sun. I'll just keep that on, it's got a nice picture of the sun, it's uh, sunset, not actually sunset, but you've seen the, it's going down, you know, that glow, <coughs> that sunset glow. Oh, save all the cost. Every, when I'm talking, it gets that asphagasis, asphagasis going. <laughs> okay, um, so much. The L caught the tone, the attitude with which he should respond, spread nude, his rod lying to at full length, casually easy as a stretched out dozing after dinner snake. Intuitively, he sensed his role. In brackets, as a second-rate actor, not granted a line, plays the dumb, silent aloofness of a king or the great Spician. Uh, T-H-E-S-P-I-A-N acts the floor stop slave as languidly raised his fingers to allow approach his elegance sends his compliments and would ask whether you honour as he is to have the pleasure of your company 
for a, a Prez Midi stroll would care to wear the walking out dress of today. <coughs> Elle's nod produced a quiet laying out of walking out dress. Elle rose, remarking, I'm in your hands, and I'm sure when you have turned me out, I shall be weary of this honour and properly fit in with the setting. But surely the saunter, stroll, stage and the costumes of the other supers must be superb if it was to be in keeping. As he rose, though lift, that's L-I-T-H-E, though lift purple satin corsets, quickly both reduced his waist to, to hourglass proportions and reflexively caused his fine fan to show its guardmanship-like, guardmanship-like alert height, as L's nature signalled its approval, yes, and its beckon for attention, quote buckets. His dresser quickly adroitly gave it the acknowledgement of its attraction in its own right and of its twin hangers on, buckets, and their own right to further expose, expo, expose of elevation and displace and continued, explained, extended, the foul in its realistically contoured cylinder. The eggs in eggshell shell shaped and smooth containers, clothes buckets. As L stood, Narsik, that's N-A-R-C-I-C, mirror fascinated, a high cocktail stool was slid under his bunts. The suit, in buckets, for now the fleshings were being swiftly worked past cars and fires, <coughs> buckets, was sulphur yellow. As quick as a tailor taking measurements, the kid's smooth elastic sheathing reaching the crutch. L's manifest gloved virility fitted through its elastic aperture. As the dresser performed the service, his eyes demurely bent to watch his neat combination of shame-free release with seemingly containment, whispered the golden finger in the satin glove. That level achieved, quick as a worker be, this equally assiduous worker was on his knees, and L, opt-hacted, in buckets eye enriched by grippingly roused touch, buckets, saw felt his feet thrust, buckets toe in step, heel, one piled on the other's top, buckets, into ferruling guilt, G-I-L-T, Bottine that rose to the now tight clasp that's with a P and T at the end in its now tight clasp calves <coughs> to would Seigneur now stand as obeying the mirror increased the proud pressure and so turned the pinch of the feet into sporing the light Senior will permit, preluded, and the free phase mirror assured him that he was being fitted with that with what he smiled as he diagnostically described were bunt bras. These in place, the sulfur-coloured pant seat slid fast into the crease and embraced, and with their tight spread gloss produced highlights on these superbly shaped eminences. Yet such was the cloth's tensile elasticity as it was drawn up to the waist and thence ended at the ribs. The undulant flow of fit followed without wrinkle every concavity and its converse convexity. The next turn came next. In trice it was trussed in a collar that based on the collar bones and thrust up the chin. To the lower rim of his neck corset was attached a plastoid breastwork moulded to the shape of twin breasts. So abrupt that they faced the world with the tilt of effrontery, and though marble white and smooth, given a touch of realism by high-rise perturbant golden studs as though showing the fit so perfect even the nipples underneath must have their fitting sheaths. 
All that remained was to be helped into his bolero jacket. So Flair lapelled the tips of these touched the tops of the epaulet. E-P-A-U-L-E-T. Epaulet padded shoulders. <coughs> no. One more crowning addition. Senor being in the genus, genus Dior rank, the hair, of course, must match. Strange to say, as the masseur had rapidly plucked him, it had crossed El's mind. Why didn't he scalp? And he owned a twinge of curious disappointment, shot with timid relief. Evidently, though, his dresser read his mind. Senor's hair is unnatural brown. That takes nicely ruby and emerald, but not gold. Peroxide. He shuddered with the disgust of the artist, told to paint with aniline varnishes. That's A-N-I-L-I-N-E. Excuse me. Oh God, sorry. (laughs) As he had been speaking, he had short clipped and then on L's close crew cut head had fitted a white Perriot cap P-I-E-R-R-O-T which clung to L's entire skull Hold on. and pressed this white skin home working it close then as neatly as had the masseur and with similar thrill heightening keen counter stimulus and erotic frottage F-R-O-T-T-A-G-E he peeled off the cover and with it came out, plucked up by the root, the entire stubble. Alcohol made the scalp sting, taught him and gleam. At once it was eclipsed with a sharp edged cloud or bubble of light, tight, gold gleaming metallic curls. Being handed a rakish, that's R A K I S H, rakish lemon, low crowned high hat. L was wavered to the open elevator that seemed as it gaped to express delighted surprise at his conversion. And L had to own as they descended he could not tear his eyes from his transformed figure. There was indeed only one fly on the splendid surface. As he turned to question the dresser the lift having made its landing opened. At a closed door the dresser tapped twice. The back side of the lift yawned, showing a green-lit alcove. Signor, please proceed. L obeyed. The lift panel shut fast and L heard it continue its descent. L was alone. For a moment, the tenacity of his sensations was so acute. To the exquisite brink of EU torture, EU and then torture that L couldn't think at all. Next curiosity awoke, and also the fly rose and buzzed. A mirror on the left showed all the figure thrill he felt his eye confirmed. But alas, such a form called for a face of equal seductiveness. He turned from its facial inadequacy, its ill-assorted, ill-proportioned features, to find the alcove's apse had opened and he was confronted by a figure in the palace livery wearing the wide gold visor masklet. How brilliant flashed through his mind such artistic economy with three death touches reducing every specific personal likeness in brackets or even likelihood in brackets, to a visage as uniform as formal, formalised as delivery moulded remodelled body Reflection was cut short by request prefaced by excuse. At certain seasons, we have specific occasions, but not till the day before announced. <coughs> Though these fiestas are, like ancient Easter, Paques, P-A with an arrow pointing upwards above the A, P-A-Q-U-E-S, Paques, movable feasts of Paques falls according to the vernal full moon. Our society has, as 18th century music, a fully formal structure which also calls for interludes of extemporization on the composed theme. So, el exquisitismo, el engalamantismo, 
being informed of the readings, soundings, flavourings of the social atmosphere by the level of such pressure in its tidal sway from the said consent, unquestioning, unappreciative conformity, unappreciative conformity, which of course ends in a fatal conditioning that is blindly, deftly, anaesthetically conservative, go backwards, to that tides equally growth resisting other extreme uncreative protest revolt for revolt's sake spastic why then brackets and L did feel his laboured introduction should now produce and yield its raison d'etre then El Esquisitismo Engalatismo announces mask day dies enigmata A.E. N-I-G matter M-A-T-A dies in a matter not all fool's day not dedication to the lord of misrule as did the blindly ignorantly as, the, as did the blindly ignorantly suffering medieval humanity in the iron maiden of the fiendish satanic sadism of the inquisition but to restoration of psychophysical generalisation the exorcism and the exorcism of the papilloma, papilloma, P-A-P-I-L-L-O-M-A, papilloma, of any idiosyncrasy. After all, they had so to resort to extinguishing mask and enveloping domino in Venice. However, the ruling class met for an hour's relaxation before dinner, and its wine <coughs> had unedged self-consciousness but at the dangerous price of discretion and the expensive cost of wit. When they took coffee, chocolate and tea, true stimuli, then to be witty and frank with their peers, they had to know that each who spoke and any that responded did not know who in particular was speaking, who personally was in repartee. We don't have to cloak because our figures are all of one species made so perfectly functional that any variation would be an obvious mutational deformity. Again, L felt rising impatience for his whole physical feeling was now tense with desire for public display. If only his face could be as much made up to the standard reconstruction of his erectilic body. Is almost, he almost muttered, get on, as the words gave out, brought on at once action and attack. The figure, whose shape so invited while its prose prevacated, suddenly slipped behind L. But a wild, frustrant, triggered fancy moment, L did hope the liveried preacher was in actuality going to get on him. This is called Their Memories. I don't know if this is by Tangerine Dream, but yeah, anyway. I'll leave it on. So for the wild, frustrant, triggered, fancy moment, Elm did hope the li- the delivery, the, not delivery, the, D-T-H-E, deliveried preacher was in actuality going to get on him, mount him, ride him, tread him, L was physically assaulted, but the attack was keener than had the megaphallus rate, what after all was a shield against any risk of fissure. Fool that he was to guess that, of course, he was being masked. But again, there was more than guising. There was unsuspected, unforeseen gripping. Of course, a visor has to hold, have purchase. But how he looked... Now, with this death mask, he saw he was here and now, all of a piece. His last inconsistency was smoothed away. He composed. Every item of his figure came all of a sudden together with an almost auditory click. The instant entire view of figure, an entire body sensation, his informing view of what he now stood for, and his informing awareness that he informed this. Fulfilled this vision, rendered it 
in the round caused in him as inmost touch and utmost detailed sight compacted the sense as though parts long unassembled in constant and futile strain to make true contact had done more gone further closer he felt a click as the details clenched into snapped into one whole his body image his sorry notion of his physical presentation the poor figure he'd cut was solidly magicked into a new invention as the keystone his sad countenance was itself by its radical remodeling slipped into place this was far more than a right assembly of a personality a formal face capping and cresting of formulaic physique the arch keystone simile was inept wrong this wasn't a firm establishment of a thus enclosed and enclosing arch the termination of the pillar's shaft's aspiration for elevation further height higher erectitude it was a closure a shutdown and in beneath bound and bound down vault intended to oppress cow make crouch its craven incarcerated felons till their wills only felt safe if they crawled with their bellies in the dust poor blind worms nosing the floor to lick the mold from the dank paving stones no the headpiece was now precisely the finale with its own endowment of an equipment with psychophysical sensory channels while all these swung in the harmonious gamut g-a-m-u-t from toes heels and foot soles from the next trio of calves kneecaps thighs to the third trio gens perineum and anus next the cord of ramped boots b-u-t-s converse hourglassed waist and vagus epigas trick squeeze then the contrapuntal threesome of ultra averted sternum dilated rib cage bearing the up fussed muscle hard packs capped with erectile teeth why of course the sight balance was kept not at the toppling forebrain but amidship at the waist of the ship at the most spliced part of the main mast at the mast waist where if not so bound it in a storm may snap and the whole ship capsize elves in brackets or what l had been metamorphed into in brackets l's mind raced through his thoughts in brackets the echoes of physique erupted form in brackets he sensed the intensity of his her or its delighted convictions but what had suddenly detonated set match to this intoxicating ultra panesthesia the question exposed the spur the vertical basic member of the mask was anchored by its interned and then uptilted chevy service that's a uh, <coughs> S-E-R-I-F-S Sheriff These twin fangs found their purchase in his nostrils The U-U Agon E-U and then A-G-O-N with a hyphen in between the E-U and the Agon The U-U Agon was more rapidly rapturously startling than any local E-R-O Pang E-R-O Belen Pang L had ever felt from anybody anywhere else and as he certified its center it mounted and he saw why the mask fixer behind them was strapping fast his mask's horizontal bind under the light gold curls of his wig an ossiput o-double-c-i-p-u-t an ossiput level the dresser was harnessing bearing reining his already reined up nose till then L's nose in brackets too leptoid he knew at its tip in brackets did exceed the leng L-E-N-G 
of the wide verticality. <coughs> now, as the Agon rose to a new rapture, he could see not only was his nose ultra retrospected, <laughs> but in consequence, the nostrils were so splayed. In the mirror, he could see deep into the pink mini mouth so opened. The Uagon sensation explained. Its fantastic hyper-animal muscle revealed the pain switched into hypertensality at the final pull as the strap trap clicked fast. The Uro torturer, ERO and a torturer, ER torture came forward, handed L in brackets for already itself sounded a pseudonym in brackets, a pair of kid feeling and looking pale yellow gloves, turned, touched the panel, and taking L fingertips led him out. <coughs> there you go. There's um, chapter two. The waking up. Now that was uh, I couldn't really process what he was saying there. You know, could understand the sentences, but I lost the story. But um, yeah, amazing how he expresses himself, though, isn't it? Really? <coughs> Even my coughs in between. Anyway, I'm going to stop. Um, that was over an hour. The big these chapters, aren't they? Much bigger than a taste of honey chapters. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So hope you join me for the next one. Hopefully this uh, ticklish cough goes by then. But it's called the Levy. L-E-V-E-E. -E -E. Uh, and we're still in part one. The approach shot. So yeah. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, and I hope you take care. So see you on the other side my friends bye for now